This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Why are you so obsessed with Halloween? <laughs> Halloween is cool. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. Hey there, my name is Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren and Leo, welcome home to your Boo Crew 348. Thank you so much for spending some time with us each year. Spooky season conjures up a cauldron full of unique experiences for the horror fan from film to haunts, theater, events, and more. One of our most favorite do not miss events that happens annually in the LA area, and it's kind of an amalgamation of all of that. It's not an extreme haunt or a jump scare maze, and don't get us wrong, those are all incredible. We're massive fans. This is more of a beautiful cinematic experience that you're never going to forget. It is called Delusion. Starting back in 2011, it has taken up residency in historic properties all over Los Angeles, from churches to manors, and is back for its eighth season, Valley of Hollows. It is the brainchild of acclaimed Hollywood stunt coordinator John Braver, whose list of credits run from... The Dark Knight Rises to House of a Thousand Corpses, Indiana Jones, Iron Man, and countless others. It's a haunted play where you and your small group of friends are the stars of your very own horror film. John joins us to reveal a bit of what lies beyond the threshold of an almost 150-year-old mansion in this year's tale of cults and mayhem. At time of release, show dates run now through the end of November. Tickets at enterdelusion.com. Episode 348 with John Braver is now slaying. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining Bloody Disgusting's Boo Crew via the Speakeasy studio is an astounding and prolific storyteller and master of many disciplines as one of Hollywood's most in-demand stunt performers. His impressive list of credits is made up of the films that are laced into the fabric of pop culture. Unforgettable projects including Iron Man, Indiana Jones, House of a Thousand Corpses, The Haunted Mansion, Spider-Man 2. He was Tom Hart. Hardy's double in Star Trek Nemesis, The Dark Knight Rises, Planet of the Apes, and many more. On the small screen, he's been an important part of bringing the thrills to the five-time award-winning Charm, the Emmy-winning Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the 20-time Emmy-winning 24, among others. He's a martial artist, a voiceover artist, and musician who even consults for Disney Imagineering in their creative department. Well, back in the Halloween season of 2011 here in L.A., he envisioned and executed an immersive experience that remains unmatched, forever evolving and expanding. He is the architect of unforgettable moments that will never leave you, and that's exceptionally powerful. In its alchemy, it's part urban exploration, part haunted play, and all something you have never been a part of before. It's called Delusion. It's the world's first interactive horror theater company. Through his unbridled passion, inventiveness, and unique skill set, our guest has redefined interactive theater the world over, consistently topping himself, no matter how impossible a feat that may seem, even being a pioneer in the VR space. Back now with its eighth season, titled Valley of Hollows, with show dates running from time of release all throughout Halloween and into November. Tickets at enterdelusion.com. We are honored to welcome the maestro of delusion, returning friend of the show, Mr. John Braver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Greatest intro ever. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Just, uh, I mean, come on. What, what, do you, what do you say after that? Are we done? That's it. Thanks, guys. Yes. <laughs> Thank you both so much. I had a really good time. Oh, man. Uh, 
now uh, now everybody's got to go see if you haven't experienced delusion yet and you're listening to this just everything i just said was completely true go experience it for yourself and you will share these thoughts exactly so dude first of all thank you so much for taking the time out of your insane schedule i know we're right at the beginning of this year's delusion at the time of recording we can't even begin to imagine all the many moving parts involved first question does putting on delusion get any easier that's a that's a good question. Uh, you would think so. I, I it's I think what's what makes it a little bit easier is the delegation. You sure. know, the sort of more and more stepping away a little bit further back, but like it's still it's still my baby from 2011. So I still you know have a crazy love for it. Hence the um, that consistent kind of you know movie quality, fun like interactive nature to it. I I, I can't help but keep my hands in it, but. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't get terribly easier. Cause I still, I'm still there digging graves and putting up plywood. And like, <laughs> we were up against the wire again. I made a goal like this year. I said, okay, this is the first year, you know, in theater, when they say like the paint's still drying, right. People are coming in. Right. Like <laughs> right. I said, no, right. not this year. Nope. We're not doing it this year. This is going to be the first time ever three weeks before we even begin rehearsal. We're done. It's just done. Everything is just fairy dust at that point. And I don't know who the fuck I was kidding, but <laughs> I just, no, no. I mean, up against there, there, there's a line outside and people are about to come in and we're scrambling to put shit. Out. It's just, I was like, how did we get here right. again? <laughs> it's Dang, part of that man. frenetic energy of delusion yeah. though. You got to have yeah. that. It's important. It is. And you laugh about it now. Right. When yeah. you're doing it like oh, hell, right? urinated everywhere. Nothing's <laughs> worse, right? So is there, is there any kind of shorthand that you've developed over the years of doing these? Like a, is there a fail-proof recipe for the mechanic? of it all or is it always change based on the story that's that's part of it it's yeah it's always a story i mean we're literally creating a live movie and with all of its live interactive moments and its pieces the thousand different pieces that are happening but um i mean i the writing process is is both terrifying and and fun because you know you can think of all these crazy things but the thing about delusion is that i you have to think about the flow of the show and where is it, how is it moving through the venue, making sure that you don't double back because there's a group behind to make sure that the narrative, the the narrative flow is always moving forward. Yeah. Um, And then you also want to connect with these actors because the special thing about delusion are the quality of actors and you want to connect with them emotionally, but I can't have them be with you for too long because then you have to triple cast them. Right. So there's, you have to really think about, every little aspect of the show, the logistical, the emotional, uh, the technical and factor all that. in. so it's actually really, it's a difficult show to write every year. Um, it makes me just want to stick to, you know, writing film or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's easier. I was just going to say, based on like what, what you're saying that the, the blueprints kind of, of, of crafting the experience. I'm so curious of what that looks like when you enter this experience, if you haven't done delusion uh, yet, the story will often dovetail into different side adventures for some people in your group. And then they'll sync up later on. And these elements, these are the thrilling elements of that show. When you get to that execution stage and we, as the audience are taking on this journey, the process of building those moments in how many, is there like a maximum number that you like to stick to? How many do you do? How do you stop it from ever getting too confusing? We have a couple of those moments this year and, 
those are great because that's choose your own adventure kind of moments where people can you know meet afterwards and discuss what happened right but um it's those are those are tricky too because the actual i don't want to get into the boring stuff but like the actual path of it has to be relatively linear so that you can kind of you know break off and then meet up here Got instead it. of like so and you can only be off for like a couple minutes two or three minutes but this year i, I made sure to add in some cool story moments where like that singular person gets more explanation of the overall narrative and that if they paid attention they can explain more of the story when people leave because delusion is again like you said there's nothing like it it's just you're you're there's so much shit going on constantly that it's hard to sometimes hard to follow the narrative and hard to follow the story so i'm trying to make things like a little more on the nose for people yet yet not but you you like sprinkle in some story here and some little the 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 side quest that people go on you give them a little bit so they can go back and tell their friends and tell their own story of what happened and piece together you know the narrative when you leave so it, that i enjoy i enjoy oh, that a lot and as an audience member we love that stuff because that's the thing that ignites the conversation after and we'll be talking about moments that we've experienced in delusion together for years these these experiences yeah, literally yeah. stay with us forever me and leo always talk about that time we were in that hospital i think it was in silver lake when the beds levitated where we were hiding underneath yeah. the beds and the beds oh, yeah, levitated yeah. we were taking in a, on a gurney into you know into a hospital scene or you know be, oh, some right. of our friends woke up in coffins and you know all these things that are so intense but having that that magic of conversation and and knowing that you're building those moments in specifically for that is incredible that it's such a great attention to detail man yeah it's uh, even this year because we just finished our last opening weekend and seeing people coming out and this one's like a cardio adventure so like wear good shoes for this one because you're this one's got no fat to it you are moving fast there's creatures like we've never done before, like some of the best practical creatures we've ever done. Um, so it's, it moves, it moves quick. And to see the strangers coming together at the end, like hugging and exchanging numbers and stuff, that's then everything else, you know, putting up duvetine at, you know, two in the morning right. and all that shit like goes out the window because you're like, man, look, these people are best friends now. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. So when you look at the performance schedule this year, it feels like you're now able. I mean, it feels like it just looking at it that you're now able to pack in more performances than ever. How is that done? Like with all the show times, you touched on it a bit earlier. Does each show get one unique cast or is there a group right behind you that runs into them? Like, how does the timing of it work? How many cast members do you need on any given night? Yeah. Uh, well, we need about, well, I'll say the format of it is 10 people every 10 minutes. Usually we've done like last year, we did 11 to 12 people every 15 minutes. Yeah. So, um, this was sort of a, a bit of a, not so much a mandate from the Chris Stafford, the CEO of 13th floor. He's, he's, those are the guys that I work with now, but he was like, Hey, can we, can we try the 10 minute thing without like sacrificing the integrity of the show? I said, yeah, let's, let's go for it. And I think we did it, but we have multiple casts now. So we have more casts than usual that are, you know, double or triple casting creature roles or the leads and all that. So you do have a group that's 10 minutes behind you. So it's it's a bit tricky for to stay on that 10 minute path because yeah. everybody moves differently right you're like trapped in a grave and you got to get out it's some people take a little longer <laughs> to get out you know? and that's and that's really happened this year so oh um, that's amazing <laughs> but uh you know what a funny side note real quick that you were you brought this up um 
like every year when this you're saying this gets easier like the thing that actually propels me to kind of keep doing these things is my my own trying to prove to myself like i'll read a couple reviews about like okay last year there was a the the ending was a little anticlimactic right so like only a couple people said that but i took that like to heart and i was like no okay this year like this year (laughs) there's a huge ending there's there's explosions there's like creatures and shit like i was like okay fuck that this one's gonna (laughs) this one's gonna blow you away so i made sure the ending the ending is solid even though like only a couple people mentioned it and like it's probably not a good thing for me to focus on that stuff but it turned out to work out great this year oh that's Side so note, sorry I, that, no i love that that's so great to hear see you're even watching even the, the most minute if anyone has any minute comment you'll you'll tackle that because this you're so passionate about this which shows in the performances i'm curious about so you had mentioned the timing of everything and moving this show along in the, those 10 minute increments to get everything going when it comes to the performers themselves there's a, that element of I guess improv, say if an audience member chooses to interact with a cast member in a way that they have to come up with something to say on the spot. Do you build those moments into the script, kind of like a, a menu of things that they can respond with in order to keep the show going and on time? Or how does that work? Are you monitoring it anywhere? Is there people in the basement kind of like, okay, we got to say this and move it along. We got 10 minutes or whatever. <laughs> well, a little bit of everything you just said. I do kind of talk to the actors about things that can come up like examples, but you know, you can't cover all of it. That's why you hire like number one, hire great actors, yeah. like pay the, pay them well and hire them and hire the good improv actors. Right. Cause the audience is going to be throwing a lot of shit at you all the time. But like the main point is to just stick, keep it. You got to keep it moving. You can't be, you can't be like lingering on too many things, but stick to the story bullets, like the, the narrative points like bring everything back to the narrative point so that people don't get too confused. But we've had plenty of times where people will hound an actor with questions about this and this, and then an actor will finally like in character say like, we have no time. We're going to die. We have to move. (laughs) It's always a good standby. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They have their (laughs) go-tos. Run. (laughs) (laughs) Like that. But yeah, we so much, there's so much improv. I mean, even last night I was listening to some of the actors and, they just, there's so much stuff they said that is not in the script. And like, uh, when somebody said that you can check in, but you can't check out. And I was like, no, don't say that. First of all, that, that sounds so cheesy. To me. <laughs> so sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll hear things. I'll be like, oh man. And I'll try to be nice about it afterwards and say, like, just don't, don't say that. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Leo, you had a yeah. question about the venue, man, that you haven't had a chance yeah. to experience yet. Yeah. And I'm so excited about this, John. The current location of the Phillips estate, uh, is that a historic location? And does that provide any challenges in the uh, production and stunts of the delusion on the property? Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, it's it's historic. It's owned by the historical, by the city of Pomona. And it's like a 147-year-old mansion. Wow. And the mansion behind me, you can see. Well, and this is, I don't know if people are going to see this, but it's that's the mansion in the back house, in the back of the estate. That one was brought here in like six or eight pieces from a few miles away and dropped on cinder blocks. So the main show happens in there. And funny side note, like last year, I don't think you guys made last year's show, but like, or did you? Yep. Know. Oh yeah, I was there. I, Leo didn't, but I was there. Yeah. So that back house was a surprise house. Like we didn't want people to know about that as if the show was happening in the front mansion. But I mean, long story short is like 
these old homes as wonderfully authentic as they are and people love visiting them and seeing a story unfold within them there the challenges are great like uh you know we've done some stunt rigging there reinforcing certain things you know but there's plaster on some walls that are falling off and there's you know wiring is horrible there's no water there's no power you gotta run all that stuff in there so yeah there's there's a lot of challenges with the old houses and they've they've kept us there many 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 nights and burnt some people out trying to make these things work but you know at the end of the at the end of the day it's worth it these are these are places that people don't get to experience ever really i mean this place especially in the middle of this industrial park yeah mona you're driving out there and everybody who, who goes up there is like i think i'm lost like this is not right and then all of a sudden you come upon this gorgeous mansion eerily lit and you're like okay now i'm in this and so this has been great also because we have no neighbors you know logistically speaking there's no parking issues there's no neighbor issues so music and sound like way up yeah it's incredible yeah being in that industrial area i can i can vouch for that parking is never a problem and you could have it as loud as you want because there's no residents anywhere even near you which is amazing i mean what a find and that that must have taken forever to find that perfect home for delusion right well yeah it's i had a location manager he showed me this a while ago and i was like pomona it's kind of far i don't think anybody's gonna want to go out there but eventually like the team started telling me you know what people love these things they'll make the drive and i didn't really believe it i was like i don't think they're gonna want to make the drive and sure enough like last year was our best year and this year is like it's on par for the same and people are making the trip i guess they they want the adventure and they'll drive an hour out of la or 45 minutes or three hours depending on traffic <laughs> sure yeah exactly and then then have that conversation uh on the way back that you get to relive the exactly. whole experience which is great yeah, how would you yeah. say that the experience of delusion has evolved generally from just the first season until now like what where is it at now it's interesting because it's it's still at its core the same in terms of its feel and its energy i mean the themes are different this year's theme is different than anything we've done before but it's it's changed in that like um our i think our uh, many different ways but one i can think of right now is like the audience has changed a bit more they seem to um unless they're pissed drunk and falling all over the place but they're <laughs> they're respecting the experience a lot more sure and that might just because like ticket prices are a little more expensive like the previous years and i think c- coming with that is like a, a more more of a respect for what we're doing mm-hmm. the quality of actors the quality of sound uh, production design sound design and all that they see it and i think that the the quality of the show is has gone up over the years the, the the team has been people have come in and come out and put their stamp into delusion and it's um to help keep the brand kind of consistent so i think we've done a pretty good job of that but i think overall the the quality of the show and also it's it, i will say it is it has become a little easier like you were saying asking earlier because now with 13th floor these guys are amazing chris and tim over there and the whole team they're they're financing the show now whereas in the previous in the past me or a business partner would just credit card just put the show on a credit card and imagine the stress behind yeah like, and just hope please, that you break please even. god sell tickets yeah yeah and I've lost yeah, this, all this hair that's gone. That's, that's from like previous delusions. And, <laughs> oh man. But now I'm, I'm more, I'm more relaxed about it. Cause I, my job is to write and direct it. And that's it. As opposed to like previous years where I'm just doing a lot and stressing myself out. So yeah. Thank well, God for 13th floor. 
uh, on top of you know the financing and, and taking some of that heavy lifting uh, away from your shoulders, you could focus more on the creative aspects of it. What else would you say that has been elevated since they've kind of joined on? I mean, last year was the first one that they were a part of. Well, really, they, they, the great thing about them is they've just been very much like the, the perfect producers who just give, you know, give me the same kind of creative control, if you will, of the show and, and just a lot of hands off, but whatever you need to help support it. Cause they were, they came in as fans. So um, it's really just a, let's, let's get you the right budget for this. Let's get you surrounded by the right people and sort of leave you alone to kind of put these, put these on again. So you can focus on, on what you do. So that's, that's really what they've been able to bring to it along with, the other departments like marketing departments and PR and all that kind of stuff. So stuff that we just had to source out with like, you know, people who did that on the side. Yeah. Right. Just like that's their late night gig for a couple hours. So uh, that's, that's how they've been able to help a lot, but um, they're, they're a big company. They got a lot of haunted houses and this is sort of a new department that we're starting the <laughs> department of immersive entertainment. Mm -hmm. And this is the first one um, instead of just the, the, um, the haunted houses around the country. So they've, they put a lot of love into it, a lot of, and also like, you know, keep get their hands off as when they need to. In past uh, in past shows, you've played your part as a character that uh, shows up at some point during the production. Are the, are you playing a character this time around? Yes, you are a character every year. Like this year with the Valley of Hollows, it's a 1970s cult story. So you are. I started learning more about the people that would help take people out of cults. The deprogrammers, they're called, and um they would help rescue people from the influence of these dark groups. And so that's there. Basically the story is like, there's a, an ex cult member who lost her brother in the, uh, in this cult who's been swept up into the cult. So you helped her as a deep programmer when she was younger and now she's older and you meet her and she, she needs your help again to get him out of the hollows. That's the, that's the short of it. So you are, yeah, you are doing your best to kind of like find this, the brother and retrieve him. Oh, that's incredible. So how yeah. far, how far back did you begin writing this and conceiving this concept? Uh, well, I started writing a, a sequel to last year's show and then, um, into December. And then I started like thinking, I just want to do, get into a different era. Uh, and in January I started listening to like seventies psychedelic rock and all that something. I was going outside of my wheelhouse cause I'm, I wasn't a big fan of that era and sure. that music uh, i mean that music too i was more of like a progressive rock kind of guy and i was like let's just let's try something completely different so i listened to that music and it was infected me and i just ended up scrapping the sequel that i wrote and then said you know what what if we got into like that that era that like you know, children of god kind of like a manson-esque era and like mixed it with a supernatural delusion take that we do and that i've never seen that or heard about that anywhere so as i was thinking about it i was like okay this is cool like this will be fresh and kind of new and exciting and the music even that you hear at delusion in the lounge and the show is like different than what we've done in the past so this one's this one's really unique so i started in january just threw away the other one in january february wrote the valley of hollows and it was just it flowed man it was like this is this is cool and it gives me an opportunity to be like the whole idea is like the estate itself it's it's a it is a it's an interesting sequel, a standalone sequel to last year, because what happened last year in 1953 is Esther Phillips, this main character, she disappeared. Right. And then 
a whole cult and a mystique behind her disappearance sort of evolved over 20 years uh-huh. and it became the hollows. And the idea was kind of like <clears throat> the suicide forest in Japan where you would just go there and people would uh, die there and uh, for some reason. And like, that was the idea here where Esther Phillips is missing, but the lore behind her is so much that like, if you went and you died on her in her soil and the grounds, then you would get the gift, get her gift of sort of immortality, get yeah. some kind of dark gift, but you don't come back the same. Hence the, the creatures that we've created. Um, but that's, that's kind of the idea. So now it's like 20 years later and you're, you're seeing cultists that have camped out there and remnants of them and, uh, and creatures that have come back and gotten this strange gift from Esther Phillips. Oh, that's incredible. Were there any films that that's became awesome. kind of your frame of reference for, production design or, or tone or anything like that? Um, well, a little bit, of, a little bit of Texas Chainsaw. And uh, so I always love Amityville 2, Amityville Horror 2, uh, the possession kind of stuff. Um, so there's some of that. Uh, Pet Cemetery was a little bit of an inspiration because of like the soil, you know, coming back from the dead yeah. as something else. So that was an inspiration as well, too. Yeah, those, those three, I'd say. The Boo Crew will be right back. 3.15 a.m. The house in Amityville. The first night, George and Kathy thought they were alone in their bedroom. Get out! Once you live through just one night in the house of the Amityville Horror, you'll discover why the best-selling book that made millions believe in the unbelievable is now the motion picture that will make you believe in the Amityville Horror. From American International, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parents. Leo, you had a question about uh, previous delusion experience. Yeah. In previous uh, delusion experiences, there have been connections to previous characters. Uh, does this year's story arc connect all the way back to perhaps delusion one? Well, there are very, very loose connections that I'm hoping to like expand in a, like a TV series or a film and stuff like that. But uh, they're, they're very loose. Like, for example, there was the vampire from 2016. This is Crimson Queen. Yeah. Who dropped off an artifact for Esther Phillips in the fifties. And that showed up last year. Some people saw it. Some people didn't. Oh, wow. Um, it's kind of cool. Like they're very, very subtle stuff, man. I don't, I, I haven't really dove into the, uh, the early days. I mean, the early days had this family called the Lowell family, yep. uh, Frederick yeah. Lowell and all these, the Lowells. And those were pretty, uh, um, significant char- uh, characters in the first three delusions. And then also lies within was a little bit tied into that as well too. So long story short is they're all connected in some way, some very, very loosely, but they do exist within the larger delusion universe, like a, like a Marvel universe would have stuff like that. So if any producers listening and wants to get a new universe going and film and TV, let's talk about that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. And I would say like for the newbies that are listening to this, whose ears are perked, who haven't experienced delusion yet. I will say that one of the things, because sometimes when you talk about immersive experiences, there's a little bit of trepidation from some people who feel like, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable being a part of something like that. But what I love about delusion is that it's incredibly unsettling and terrifying, but it's not out of your control 
unless you let it be. There's no one forcing you really to do anything. You can choose to take a step back and kind of take in the beauty of the experience as a voyeur, or you can jump in and get your hands as dirty as you want without feeling uncomfortable. What would you say delusion is not? Oh, it was a great description of it because we have a lot of that those questions. Um, delusion is not an extreme haunted house. That, that's kind of what I say a lot. It's not people have come in and say, like, well, I don't want to be touched. I heard about somebody putting a, you in a cage and there's spiders all over you. Like, well, that's not us. You're here. You're thinking about something else completely. Delusion is definitely not a haunted house. It's not an extreme haunt. It's not um, torture porn stuff. It's just it's it's tasteful, cinematic. It's described as like hauntingly beautiful it's very um ethereal I, it's it's a it really is to me a, a beautiful experience mm-hmm. um and like you said it's there's different layers to your group too which is kind of cool like you can think of it sort of metaphorically as like if you really want to go deep into it it's there for you but if you want to be a little more I don't want to use the word passive, but you could be a little bit further back in the group or on the periphery mm-hmm. and watch things happen. You're not going to be, as you said, forced into certain like um, unsafe situations and all that. We don't want to do, we don't want to do that. Um, at the end of the day, like this has to be fun. You you have to have a fun time. So yeah, I, I want to make sure that people, the newbies understand that. Yeah. And also they, they say like, well, I don't want to be too scared. Like it's, it's terrifying. It's, I think haunted houses are more scary than this, to be honest. Like in terms of the jump scares, we don't do a lot of jump scares. We do have some of them, of course, because those are wonderful and startling, but it's not that s- scary. It's, it's really unsettling. It's psychologically disturbing and eerie and all that, but it's not, it's not the kind of scare you would get at a haunted house where you're, you're, you're you feel like you're gonna have a heart attack in a moment so yeah exactly you're in an old school horror film like if you like the omen the shining that kind of stuff like that's that's the world you're in definitely and using those words cinematic and beautiful are two words i always use to describe the experience is exactly what it is and you're not going to get this experience anywhere else i can promise you that part of that experience is sound design and music and i was just wondering kind of the experience of um putting that together for this year, if it had changed at all or what that process looks like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I said earlier, we're building like a live movie. We really are. We're scoring it and sound design was done by Victor Matthew. who has been with me since day one of 2011. He's an incredible sound designer. And so we actually talk through every scene and we time it out and we pull some, uh, some music and we'll write some stuff that'll kind of, uh, lead the lead the show and lead the narrative and also queue up actors for certain sequences so mm-hmm. we'll put in like an extra crescendo over here or you know here's like a uh, a horn that you that the actors need to listen out for because something's coming in five seconds right ah. so like there's the time embedded in the music is is part of the narrative so we always say like delusions 50 percent sound design to me sound design is unbelievably important and this year's show has um really cool especially like there's an, there's an old groundskeeper who comes up in his truck and he's listening to, um, uh, some old, like, uh, what's that? Like riders on the storm or some, some doors and yeah. stuff like that. So you're hearing that as he's pulling up. Right. And then there's the atmosphere of the sounds of creatures in the distance and, and wind and effects. So it's all, we're trying to really place you inside of that movie. Uh, so sound design has played an incredible part and the creatures too, are accentuating the creature effects by, putting out some crazy uh, creature design 
sound design. So yeah, it, play, it plays a huge part in the show. Huge, huge, huge. And this year has, as I said, with the seventies theme, it's, it's even, we've taken a bit of a departure from what we've done in the past with that turn of the century kind of feel, but yeah, God, this would be I, the last song, the last song you hear, you'll, you'll, you'll be like, okay, I'm in the set. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I got to say, I mean, just the mechanics of simply setting that up and getting all the speakers wired and making sure people can hear everything. And the, the timing of all that must be an insane process. Yeah. That so huge shout out to Diablo. So there's a company called Diablo immersive and they did this thing called wicked lit in the past yeah, other, other stuff. So these guys, Drew, Julian, and Megan over there, who took on Delusion for the first time this year. And if you you're talking about like you were asking, how has it gotten better? Diablo really stepped it up to a place where like our show control system and the speaker design and where it's placed and how things are triggered, how things are even turned on in the beginning of the night and that turned on at the end, just the, the ease of it. They've they're mind blowing. That so sound has jumped another level because of them um and just the outdoor speakers the quality of them this placement you know their advice on where to place things i I can't say enough about them they're they're one of the reasons why delusion i think this might be one of our best years let's talk just briefly about the cast basically what is the amount of cast that you're working with this year and is there any particular uh people you wanted to highlight Oh man, if I highlight anybody that right, (laughs) what about me? Right. Well, just give a broad overview of kind of, you know, how many people you got going on. Yeah. There's, there's about 47 actors in total, but not, not per night, not per night. So I want to be clear about that. That's because of the double casting and all that. There's like 15 actors per night, 15 to 17 actors, somewhere in there per night. But we, we've tried to stay local, hire a lot of like local Pomona people just to give that, give them an opportunity and also, have them be closer. Yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of those late night rehearsals and shows and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, for real. But yeah, the cast is they're very special. I mean, they've, they're, we're taking on different roles as well too. They're playing, one's playing a creature over and you know, half the night and then they're going, they're playing this other character on a wire the other night and then they're playing an old lady, you know, the, the, the versatility of the actors this year has to be pretty high because we also have to like, factor in the boring stuff of like making sure that they get their break. So you relieve somebody and then that person takes over their character yeah. for three or four performances. So they're not exactly hired for that particular character, but they have to act and do their best. So God. try to find like the best quality care actors we can find. And so they're, they're shining this year for sure. Like they're super passionate. Like, it seems like younger people are passionate. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've, hired, we've hired a lot of them and they're just like, they're so into it now. And then we have our, our veterans. It's like, I will see a lot of few people like, like Carol, uh, Carol Damgen and like Casey camp. And these are people that Casey works at universal and she's incredible, incredible, like immersive queen. Um, so we have some, some of the best I'd say interactive immersive actors or actors in general um, on our team this year. And then what about your bread and butter, the stunt work? How is that experience looking like this year? Is there, because gosh, we've seen people crawling on walls. I've, I know we mentioned earlier beds levitating and these, these incredible cinematic stunt moments that are triggered live in front of you, which is an outstanding yeah. experience. Is that an important part of what you want to make sure is a part of each delusion experience that that stunt, that unique, uh, that unique ability to be a part of something like that. Yeah. It's they, 
I would say like the first thing about stunt work is it has to be purposeful. It has to make sense in the story. That's not just a showcase to say like, Oh, look at that cool thing happening over there. You know, that's fun, but it's all weaved into the story and the point to, and this year has more stunts than last year because it makes sense, you know? Um, so we do, we rigged up some really cool floating wire gags, uh, in tight spaces and, uh, there's a mini trampoline involved. I'll say that. Uh, oh, amazing. You know, some, some walls that might not survive. Um, I don't know how to describe that one without <laughs> ruining that surprise, but yeah, it, there's more this year. Uh, I, I think it's, it's important that we, cause people seem to, you know, taking that from 2011 all the way on, like stunts are always mentioned. Yeah. Um, and some years, are heavier than others. This year's heavier than last year for sure, but it's not, it's not crazy. And it's, it's not a stunt show, right? Yeah. You're in a movie. Yeah. One of the things uh, (laughs) I love about the experience is that you can't find this on YouTube. You can't find video. It's, it's word of mouth. You know, people are talking about their experiences and what they went through and it was just absolutely amazing every time. And uh, I was thinking for this time, uh, you know, can we expect uh, some Easter eggs throughout the experience that offer a nod to previous delusion shows? Well, yeah. I mean, if you, that's, that was part of the whole writing process, especially last year, if you went, and I know you didn't, we didn't make it Leo, but like last year's show, that whole premise I was talking about where if you knew about Esther Phillips and what happened last year, it kind of plays into the story a little bit more. You, you need not, as I said, in, in the website have, have seen that one, but there are, are a few Easter eggs for last year. Um, some stuff in the front mansion lounge that harken back to previous years for sure. So yeah, it's, it's there, it's peppered in subtly, but again, I'm trying to make sure that we're trying to get even more fans to come to delusion. So it's, you don't have to have done that. Like it, it's, it's there for you, Leo, if you want it, but, uh, <laughs> it's mostly all new, all new characters based on the lore of last year. Um, that is not, totally necessary for you to, right right yeah it doesn't it doesn't alienate anybody going in yeah. for the first time yeah i was just thinking of like for example trying to explain to someone what gideon's room looked like you know, <laughs> oh like, yeah had to have been there for that one now, oh, that's you know? so funny gideon. yeah we have a character <laughs> that's like gideon oh yeah oh my god oh. that's awesome yeah he's a very hungry character i'll say that <laughs> Um, oh man so yes <laughs> there's a vip component to the delusion this year can you talk about what we can expect from that experience yeah and the phillips mansion the front mansion on the second floor is the vip experience it's we have uh, a movie room playing some really fun old classics from the era and even prior um it's got a you know cool soundtrack up there there's a vip bar with specialty drinks that um that are more show themed drinks that you can get up there and then there's the the pinnacle up there, which is Hell's Hollow. So Hell's Hollow is like a dark maze that uh, buddy of mine Jesse Kerberger made, and it's um it's basically your it, it's like a couple minute, two three minutes experience where you can go through multiple times if you want, but it's all through sound design and touch, pitch black, and you're kind of moving through um, a psychedelic sort of like peyote journey kind of thing. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of like in the seventies like. <laughs> A lot of it's centered around like LSD and that kind of stuff. So it's like your own little psychedelic trip in the dark. And um, so you could do that. And there's a couple of really cool moments and like elements of haunted house mixed with um, like story moments in there. And we have a magician up there who's like, who's another, 
you know, guy's tripping out. He's pretty high and <laughs> doing some doing some crazy magic up there too. So yeah, VIP's got a lot to offer. VIP is a, is a really cool experience for sure. I want to talk just a bit about the future of Delusion. Are there any plans to move on from the Phillips Mansion, or is this the permanent, perfect home for for Delusion? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd probably shoot myself in the foot or get in trouble if I like even try to speculate too much on that because I don't know. This is the city of Pomona. They own it. We don't know if we're going to get it again. Mm. Uh, we don't have like a long term lease with them. This we've done eight Delusions. I really want to be. Um, doing the movie and television version of these things as well, too, along with the live experiences with 13th floor. I'm writing two other projects that are not really delusion branded projects for the company. Um, But I don't know where we're going to be exactly. There's a couple of properties that we're looking at now for another delusion experience, but I think it, we might get to a point here where we need to maybe evolve it, maybe take a year off the narrative and maybe go do something that's more like open world kind of experience. I kind of want to explore that option. Like where you're in, maybe in this estate where you're visiting like the house behind me. And then you're also visiting the graveyard and the carriage house and the front mansion. It's almost like old school role-playing games. Like you have an inventory, you have a map and Mm. you're piecing, piecing the story together with your own little group, like for two hours. And you can go back and get a drink at the bar and come back and. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think I'm digging that a lot. I kind of want to try that. I know that we'll probably get some heat from the delusion fans of like, well, you know, this is a linear narrative story. We appreciate that. And I said, well, yeah, we've done, this is the eighth one. So I, I'm, I'd like to try to explore, step outside of it. But maybe we do, again, I'm not like so narrow-minded where we can still do these and do other things. So that's that's the point of the new department is maybe we can do b- both things. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We should be able to. And I mean, you've explored VR in the past. Do you think the yeah. VR component is a a part of the delusions future and exploring that territory even more? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. I'll be totally honest. Like I'm, I think the VR thing that we did is so cool. Yeah. I, am I biased? Yeah. But I think it's one of the coolest things we've ever done. But I'm just not a fan. I'm just not a fan of VR. I don't. I think it's too solitary of an experience. I know people are pushing the boundaries with it. We got Meta now, and people are doing a lot with it. I just don't see it. I'm not convinced. I'm still not convinced that it's just this medium that's just going to blow up. And sure. That I, and also I I have this weird. I don't know if it's weird, but like I just want people to be together, viscerally, like tangibly, like the touch, the feel, the smell. Maybe not the smell of people. Um, <laughs> no, we get it though. But, yeah. <laughs> But that and, and we are just really, I think that's down. That's a, a whole nother podcast Yeah, down that rabbit hole of like, are we going to lose that social fabric? Right. I, I just feel like I'm not sure I want to be a, a big part of that. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And yeah, to that point, we definitely have lost that that part of uh, social interactivity as uh, technology kind of elevates along the way. There's there's things that we used to do that we don't do much together anymore, which is a, a big part of why exactly why Delusion has this communal experience that you get to go and actually have this experience with other people. That said, the yeah, pandemic, the pandemic that kind of kept us from having those experiences or anything that was kind of introduced to the show last year because of the pandemic or, you know, to things that you had to do to deal with the pandemic that have stuck with the show or maybe made things uh, fine tune things in certain ways or anything that stuck around from the byproducts of the pandemic. I don't think at this point I can think of anything 
positive that has come out of the pandemic in terms of how it's influenced delusion. I think it was, we were, we treated it last year as like an absolute necessity for people to come on and be together again and the same thing this year. Um, but I, I think we were dealing more with the sensitivities of people last year. You know, yeah. everybody was in masks mm-hmm. um, to make sure we tell everybody, you know, if you don't want to be touched, make sure you make the sign on your, you know, an X across your chest, um, just more sensitivities. Uh, and so that's, that was, a, that was a bit tough also for actors to not see their audience's reaction because their faces are mostly covered. Yeah, not even you think of but, that. Yeah. But, but we, but man, I mean, we did it. Like we still did the show and people loved it and they were like thankful for it. And, uh, that was very special. I mean, that we were hoping this year would, we'd be a little more out of it. And thankfully, thankfully we are. And now seeing people like smiling and laughing has been euphoric for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't see any kind of like anything we've learned. I think, you know, again, a larger conversation of like the sensitivities of people. I think that we've, we're now a little more conscious of that. Um, but at the same time, trying to still push people out of their comfort zone. Yep. Like that's, it's important that that's kind of a life goal of mine. If you talk to any of my friends or family, like I like pushing people out of the comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 right. And it's, it has gotten me in trouble. It's gotten me in right. trouble. <laughs> but when you're out of your comfort zone, that's what triggers those memorable experiences that we keep talking about. And so many of them yeah. are part that's of it. delusion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a point of life. Otherwise, you know, yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. Well, uh, trying to think if there's anything else, I guess, uh, just the runtime. So we're running this year. It's going pretty well into November, right? Almost to the end of November this year. Just before Thanksgiving, November 20th. Got it. Got it. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Thursdays through Sundays, some Wednesdays in October. There's still, still some tickets available here or there. So yeah, I mean, if anybody's listening, that's like, oh, it still sounds too scary. Don't don't let that happen. I mean, my mom didn't go to the first four years because she thought it was scary, and I kept telling her it's not that, it's not that. Yeah. And then she finally went. And she, her biggest regret was missing the other show. She's like, yeah, you know what? It's not about the fear. It's just about the. Yeah, that's the thing. Wonder. wonder. Yeah. And don't miss any of these shows, man, because once they're gone, they're they're gone. I, I missed the very first one. I found out about it yes. while the first one was happening, went to the second one and have been to everyone since. I still regret missing the first one. And uh, you hit it right there. That's that's one of the big reasons for me is like these. Yeah, these get mounted and then they're done. That's it. That's the end of it. We can't shoot. We don't shoot them. That's why like we want to try to get more into some filmed properties that's going to like last and you could really like watch it together just you know tv movies stuff like that it needs to be a part of this the delusion universe at this point because it, it is heartbreaking every year that this has to come down and that so many people like missed it right so right. but at the same time there is there is a magic to it man it's like having to get up early and watch saturday morning cartoons i remember that and if they were gone they were gone <laughs> now no, you can get right. everything yeah. too much it's too much of everything right yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. That's the balance, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, man. Sure. Hell is a teenage girl. I have a 13 year old girl. Side note. Yes. Right. Shirt is correct. Yes, exactly. We have a te- a brand new teenager as well as well. Yeah. 13. And oh, my goodness. And we're bringing yeah. her. We're bringing her to delusion. We brought her last year for the first time. Obsessed. Obsessed. Oh, you got to let me know when you go. I'll bring my daughter that can meet to go through. Definitely. Definitely. My daughter's yeah. awesome. She'll, she'll have a good time. Oh, that's Maybe. fantastic. Nice. We'll set it up. All right, man. Well, thank you again so much for your time. And thanks for giving us yeah. the best part of the year every year, man. We love it. Oh, yes. man, I appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. It's really good to see you guys again. I'm sorry I'm not 
in that awesome place. Maybe one day. Uh, next time, next time yeah. we'll do it in person, man. It, it's going to be yeah. great to have you over. That was the Boot Crew Podcast, episode 348. Special thanks to our guest, John Braver. At time of release, experience delusion, Valley of Hollows on select dates from now through the end of November. Tickets at enterdelusion.com. Production tracks for this episode provided by the good folks at Powerman 5000, Inc. Till next time, my name is Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, it's the Boo Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the bloody disgusting podcast network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network. Home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepypastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.